Don't forget to check out our website, HockeyHurts.com, and check us out on Twitter, at Hockey underscore Hertz. Additionally, you can follow Cameron Walsh, at Walshy66, and Ryan Wilson, at Gunner Stahl. Hello, and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for March 15th of 2015. I'm Ryan Wilson. I'm Cameron Walsh. And in this week's edition of the podcast, we will talk about some of the teams in the race for the playoffs, specifically in the Western Conference, Calgary and Los Angeles. And we will also touch off on the Joe Thornton-Doug Wilson situation up in San Jose, which is uh, kind of, that wound is kind of opening up again. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't understand that situation, but we'll get more into that. Um, We'll probably start off with uh, the, the playoff race out west and uh, two teams, polar opposites, both fighting for one of those final playoff spots. Uh, we'll start with Los Angeles, and they are the top possession team of the last 20 games. Score Justin Fenwick of 55.9%, which is tremendous. Um, and they're playing good hockey as of late, but... They are still kind of not secure in that playoff spot. Um, do you think that they'll end up making it? I don't. I, I don't know. In, in theory, they should, um, but it, it feels like they've almost left their run a little late. I mean, they're fighting. It's, it's them in Calgary and and, and Winnipeg and and Minnesota are all sort of fighting for the. The bottom two spots, and I know that the Pacific Division there's got a bit more permutations in regards to being third or fifth in, in, in that division and trying to get into the playoffs. But I, I don't know. I just don't trust them. I mean, they lost against the Preds on an own goal tip in, so they're at that point now where even though they're making sure the dice rolls are at the other end of the ice, they still lucked out there. A couple of unlucky bounces for them, and they're in trouble. Yeah, well, when you get into this late into the year and you're kind of chasing points, you leave yourself susceptible to some bad luck. Um, but I just think being such a great possession team that they're going to find a way. They are, let's see, 79 points. They're only one point away from the, the wild card. Yeah. With a game in hand on Winnipeg. And they're only two points back of the flames three points back of vancouver so the way they're playing right now is very good um you would expect them to get in it's just that the thing with calgary holding that third spot is that there is so much self-belief with that calgary team that it doesn't matter what anyone says not that they listen anyway but it doesn't matter what anyone says in regards to they should be falling off now, all the injuries they've had, the fact that they don't have the puck very often, um, they shouldn't be still pushing forward, and they have been. So you get seasons where teams feel like the run of luck's against them. Calgary is the complete reverse. Yeah, Calgary is the complete reverse, and there's, of course, been a lot of discussions about the advanced metrics with Calgary and why some people feel as though they're not as good as the record me being one of them but uh, the fact is they are scoring goals right now and in this small window they're they're finding 
a high degree of success, uh, they're going to have to sustain it in order to, you know, make the playoffs. And it's going to be tough. It's not impossible. It's been done before. I, I just, I don't think it's probable. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. I think somebody tweeted out the other day they scored they've scored ten goals on their last twenty seven shots or something like that. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's yeah. That's um. That's not exactly what I would call the norm. No, but you can have a, an abnormal year. I mean, look, we were discussing just before the, the podcast the Colorado experience. The difference I have with Colorado to this year is that they got Vezina caliber tending out of. Valaramov, whereas this year that's not what it's been for the Flames. They've sort of been by committee and they've been good and it's like Bob Hartley's worked out when to change goalies before it becomes a big issue. So um, it's just, it's different. I mean, it's the one thing that's great about sports. We can sit there and use all these stats all we like, but there's always outliers that buck the trend and make you look and see what the hell's going on. Yep, Calgary's certainly that team right now. Uh, they're 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. Uh, they'll, they'll be interesting um, to, to watch moving forward. Uh, they got some nice young players, Goudreau, Moynihan. The, the problem I see for them is Giordano being out, and that's just a huge blow that you can't make up for, and that's a, a major reason why I'm even more down <coughs> on their chances to make it into the playoffs yeah. when you got a, a team like Los Angeles hunting them down. Uh, do you I take, would say San Jose, take, but they're too far out right now. You take Giordano off any team, so Pittsburgh loses mm-hmm. Tang or um, LA loses Doughty and, and Doughty, and all of a sudden it's it's hell for all those teams. So, but But it's even worse for Calgary because they're already a bad possession team with him. Yes. I, I, and yeah. um, he is... Uh, a great possession player, especially the last two years. Um, it hurts them a lot more because there's just nothing behind him to make up for it. And especially now you hear whispers of Doug Murray being there on a tryout basis. <laughs> you love that. <laughs> Which is the complete opposite of what you what you want if you want to drive puck possession. So, Not Douglas. No, I saw his hero chart the other day, which ranks uh, players based in different categories on if they're top pairing, middle pairing, bottom pairing, or below replacement level, and his chart was off the charts on the below replacement level side of things for possession, offense, pretty much everything. That's unreal. It shows you how... It it shows you how... Um, you, you know, there's a big push in the in the um, social media world for the advanced stats and using them and stuff. It just shows you that teams still don't really care, do they? Some just don't care. Some don't. And Some do. I just find it amazing that they're not wanting to use a tool to help them improve. It's the bit that I don't get. Some care, some don't, and some do care, but don't look at kind of the stuff that matters. All the stuff that you think that matters. Yeah, I guess that's fair. But <laughs> um, it's impossible to know 
which are which because we're not privy to that information. Correct. Nor, nor should we be because that's ah. why should why should they make their strategy well known? But I can say pretty comfortably that Chicago is a team that kind of has a pretty good handle on things analytically, based on just how they construct their roster. Yeah. As opposed to maybe some of the other ones that claim they uh, use it, like the Hurricanes. Before. Still there? Yeah, sorry, sorry. My um, internet connection is dodgy. (laughs) So do you, um, you think the Flames will end up making it? Yeah, I, I feel kind of bad because I actually think Winnipeg won't. Yeah, they're they're falling. They're only playing 500 hockey right now, and they're in the really in the thick of this wild card race. They're uh, in the Central Division. They're they're trailing uh, actually Chicago's third in that division with 88 points. Winnipeg has 80 points, and. Uh, that they're not making that up, so wild card or nothing for them. Yeah, but it doesn't help when, you know, good old Dusty Bufflin's out. Very underrated player. So, you know, it's a big part of the way that team operates and works. So I thought they did the right thing at the trade deadline. I thought it all looked pretty good, but it's the problem when, you know, like you said, you're fighting to to stay in the bubble. Um uh, an injury here, an injury there, and all of a sudden, a three-game losing streak comes along and you're out. So it makes things really tough. Especially when you got the uh, the loser point for getting to overtime, it makes it tough to catch teams too. Yeah, they have to change that. They have to either get rid of the loser point. Well, the three-two-one system's the obvious change, but they. I don't think I think Gary Bettman just came out recently and said that he didn't really have much interest in it. So no, of course he won't. I, I I can't see why that they would want to. So I just don't like it. <laughs> so it's pretty much, I think, between Calgary, Winnipeg, and Los Angeles. Two of those three teams will make it. Because I think Minnesota. Uh, they have 83 points. They're the lead wild card team. Um, they've been a good team all year. They had a goaltending problem, and I say had is in past tense because their uh, Devin Dubnik is, you could argue, Vesna nomination for him. I would be I would be surprised if he didn't get it because. It's the whole, what have you done for me lately when it comes to some of these awards? And people think of what happens in the last third of the year more than what happened at the start of the year. So, But he was playing good at the start of the year. The whole reason Arizona traded him is because they wanted to tank and he was doing too well. Oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't mean that. It's just that you get there and you go, the last third of the year, everyone obviously counts as more important because it's closer to the end and the points technically mean more, which they don't. Um, no, I know what you're and, saying. Yeah, and you get there with it and it's like people kind of forget that um, you know, there was work that had to be done earlier. Look, if Carey Price doesn't swipe all the awards... Um, well, he's, he's swiping the Vesna. It's to. just a matter of if he gets the heart as well. He, he should. Without without him, there's no Montreal Canadiens um, in the playoffs, let alone best in the East. So Yeah, um, I, I, I have no problem with people that would vote for him. 
Yeah, and I mean, you, you get there and make the same argument for John Tavares, but um, I just think that because they they still run with the who's the most important for their team, don't they? Some do, some don't. Yeah, so I suppose it depends on how you look at that argument, and if they take it, who's most important? Carey Price is that hands down. No Carey Price, no Montreal. Yeah, he's he's ridiculous this year. I want to say maybe looking at perhaps the best season of all time by a goalie. Uh, it's getting well, close really? to that territory. Well, he's yeah. You know, I suppose he's. Yeah. I don't know. It's definitely the best in the post lockout era by think, a mile. Uh, Tim Thomas, the, the one year. He won the Vesna, had crazy good numbers. And then you're probably looking at the late 90s Dominic Hasek Hart Trophy years. That, that was who I was thinking of as well, but it's like different, different. But he's got a even strength save percentage of 943. Good grief. Uh, league average being 921 to 923. So he's <sighs> 20 points above league average. What you get there, and you mentioned Tim Thomas before. Um, he basically carried a very bad possession Bruins team to the Stanley Cup the year they won it, right? Can Price do that with this Canadians team? Yes, he's done it all. Year. Yeah, certainly. If you're if if you're playing that position at a nine forty save percentage level. Yeah, of course, but you can't dip. Yeah, he can't fall away. He can't have a slump. He at can't all. play average. So you start the playoffs <laughs> in round one, winning the Hart Trophy and the Vesna for being in the 940s doesn't mean anything anymore if you go the first four games and play average. Um, yeah. It's the tough thing about riding goaltending is. No matter what goalie you are, you're prone to small samples of extremely hot or extremely cold. You just better hope it doesn't time out during your first round to be one of those cold streaks. Oh, I have no reason to think that, that that'll happen, and neither do you. you know no, but I mean but it, that, yeah, that the wheels can it, fall off the right. Montreal wagon pretty quick if that happens. Yeah. I suppose they can pray to try and get something they haven't got all year, which is someone to step up and score. Well, they do have some guys that are pretty good at it. I, I think Pacioretty's terrific. He scores pretty pretty high rate. Well, hopefully for oh, what's it matter? He's not gonna he's not gonna falter. I can't see Carey Price. He's been great since the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I. There's absolutely no reason to believe that it's going to change. To be perfectly honest, it's it's been um, it's been great to see him handle the pressure of being the number one goalie in Montreal and um, you know putting that entire city on his back and and doing what he's done. It's it's been awesome to see. So, Price Dubnik, who's three? If you were to have oh. a finalist, perhaps. Um, I'd have said Pekka Rinne before he. Um, before he got injured, because he's not been the same since he's since he's come back. Um, oh, it's, it's a raffle. 
you know, I'm biased. I would have said Fleury, but even he's had a little bit of a stumble over the last ten games or so. Who would you who would you flick it to? Um, I I think Pekka. He's at nine forty one or nine forty two for his even strength save percentage. Tough to ignore that. Corey Schneider has been exactly. terrific this year. So you know what? I probably wouldn't mind giving giving it a, a nomination to Schneider because you know, like we said. No one else is going to win it at price, but recognition for an extremely good year on a team that has been terrible would be nice for Schneider, I suppose. Not that he would care, but it'd just be nice for him. Price, Rene, Dubnik, Schneider, Rask. I think that's that's a top grouping, and then I think you got guys that are playing really well this year, like Luongo and Holtby and Flurry, all in kind of that next tier down. Yeah, and, and that's not exactly a big drop down to that next tier either, but there is that definite bubble up the top, isn't it? There's that definite separate grouping. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's always interesting to kind of look at the goaltending from... Uh, I don't like to look at win-loss record. I, I think that's a team stat more so than a individual goaltending stat because Corey Schneider's record's not very good, but he's... Throwing up 935 save percentage at even strength. What more do you want from him? It's not his fault. The guy yeah, can't put can't. the puck in the net. Why, why am I using that yeah. as part of the evaluation for him? Uh, it's, it's the. But that's you know that's how it's going to go. Yeah, goalies are a difficult position to assess. Yeah, it's not easy. It's very uh, temperamental. Yes, they are. Well, you'd get vulcanized rubber shot at your head all the time. I think you'd be temperamental yeah. too. Yeah, well, I've done it before. <laughs> Crazy bastard. Uh, Would I have a chat about Joe Thornton? Yeah. Um, so, more Sharks drama. Basically, Doug Wilson was speaking to... Uh, season ticket holders the other day uh, and he said quote about Joe Thornton cares about the the game so much the reason we took the C off him Joe carries the weight of the team on his shoulders and he's got such a big heart that when stress comes on him he lashes out at people and it kind of impacts them the pressure and stress I felt was getting to Joe and I sat him down and said we need other players to step up and share this he got it he didn't like it but he got it and understood it so you know all this stuff was over the off season, but he he brought all this stuff up again, and it got into the press. And uh, Jumbo Joe did not care for it much because uh, he had this response for him. <laughs> I think Doug just needs to shut his mouth. I think that's the bottom line. All I've got to say is I've been here every day working hard. I haven't taken a sabbatical. He just needs to stop lying and shut his mouth. And quite frankly, <laughs> I'm 100% with uh, Joe Thornton. You can it's, you can find a mediocre I, GM anywhere. You can't find another Joe Thornton. I'll tell you that. No, no, that's true. Um, what does this franchise? I I don't understand why you have a season ticket meeting. And this thing, because like obviously I've never run a hockey club, but why have one twelve games out? Where, as a general rule, season ticket holders are going to ask tough questions that you don't really want to answer. Uh, particularly for a team that is 
the way the ticket holders were underperformed and it may miss the playoffs. So you get there with it and it's like, why even put yourself in a situation where something like this could start? I, I don't know. It wasn't a good idea. Now you've pissed him off again. And he's ridiculous. By he the way. He's still ridiculously yeah. awesome. His possession numbers are incredible. And his offense is terrific. Uh, he's one of the best passers of his generation. He's still he's still productive. I know he's probably upwards of thirty five ish, maybe. I think mid. Uh, I think he's older. He's older than me. Thirty five. He'll turn thirty six on July second. So and, and okay, so he's only he, he's not slowing down. No. So, why is he the problem? If you're ownership and you're looking at this, why why am I going to continue to let this bad blood boil over? Why do I feel the need to stay loyal to, to a GM um, that is, for all intents and purposes, replaceable? I, I guess I don't understand why right. teams get rid of the parts they can't replace as opposed to the ones they can. Yeah, that's actually probably a really good way to, to look at it. It's like you, like you said, you can get a new GM, but you can't get a new Joe Thornton. So it's the easier way to do it. It's like you can't replace a whole team, but you can replace a coach. Uh-huh. Same philosophy with this. And I wouldn't want to be replacing Joe Thornton anyway. He provides... He provides too much. I mean, Joe, Joel Pavowski is a much better player playing next to him Everybody's than not. Everybody's a much better player playing next to him than not. I know. So you'd be crazy to get rid of that and then to, to create a larger hole again. <laughs> they were lucky to get him in the first place because they stole him from Boston. Was it Brad Stewart, Marco Sturm, and Wayne Primo? Boston was too. Boston's actually done reasonably well as a franchise to get rid of two franchise centers and still manage to win a cup. Yeah, Thornton and Kessel. Oh, well, three franchise players then. Who's the third? Oh, they Say won. Say Oh, they did too. No, your well, point your point doesn't change too much. They they've gotten rid of yet another ridiculously good player. Yeah. Or, whatever reason. I mean, at and, least with Kessel, they and had I, a legit haul. Because Dougie Hamilton's yeah, awesome. And they did, Sagan was obviously awesome. Still yeah. is. But this, yep. Louis Erickson? They're not scared. He's, he's just an okay player. They're not scared. They're not scared to trade players away for the sake of the culture of the club or anything like that. And, you know, people can point the finger and say, well, look, that's San Jose's problem. It's one of the problems with Thornton. So... Maybe there is an argument there to be had, but I I just don't see it. I just think it's a really bad idea. I just don't know why you'd go out of your oh, way I'll... to keep angering a guy that's been such a uh, player in franchise history. He's been, I don't think he's been disruptive for that franchise. 
then again, I'm kind of an outsider on the wrong yeah. coast and I'm not following them extremely closely, but it's pretty bad where it's pretty bad though. When comments like that get out from the general manager and then the player doesn't just keep his mouth shut. So there's obviously something there that's, you know, awkward oh, yeah. between the there's two of them. Definitely bad blood there. I would do this if I were Joe Thornton. I would demand a trade, <laughs> and then I would enact my no-trade clause every time he found a deal. <laughs> I mean, you want to be an asshole? Then fine. Two can play that game. <laughs> That's just childlike. That's hilarious. Well, you know. Oh no, I, I, I get, I get it. It's just, that's just counterproductive. It's pissing off your it's just, best player, taking the captaincy, and then pissing him off after the fact is counterproductive. The second pitch slap was silly. The I whole agree. Thing was silly. Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue that. But like you said, it was all water under the bridge. Technically, it had been done at the start of the year, and you know. Thornton had, had his chance to pout and get sooky with it and then move on. And then to bring it up again the way that that Wilson did with the answer, you know, in a, in a way it was an attempt to try and defend Thornton and say, look, we thought he was taking too much of the blame himself. We wanted to try and spread the blame. That's fine, but it, it just didn't need to be done. Yeah, and I think this will come to a head. Obviously, this offseason, I don't think this relationship will be continuing much further. I just hope, for the sake of Shark fans, the owner sides with the with the player on this one rather than the general manager because, you know, you can hire another guy to sign John Scott and Mike Brown and play them in your bottom six and turn Birds back into a defenseman when he's been playing way better and terrific as a forward and, and keep guys like Scott Hannon on the payroll. You can find another guy to do all that. Yeah, but you can't find another Joe Thornton. It's pretty simple mathematics when you think yeah, about it, isn't it? This will be the first time since I think 0203 they've missed the playoffs. Wow, that's a good Great run. run. And I know they don't have the, the payout of the Stanley Cup championship, but... Um, you look back at some of the better Shark teams that had re really great possession uh, during Joe Thornton's tenure, and, and the goaltending wasn't there. It was very uh, wasn't good. Kind of like how some of those Penguin teams, uh, they just same problem. Played well, pucks were going in when they shouldn't have been going in, and uh, when you're playing very good teams in the playoffs, it's tough to overcome that. But the blame gets put on the star players. That's just what happens. Uh, it's not always fair, but that's that's kind of how things are done sometimes. It works in pro sports. So, you know, I wish the best to Joe Thornton. I like watching him play. He's a pretty great player. And, uh, you know, even if uh, they, they do choose to move him, he'll he'll be great for his next team. I, I can't see that happening. I, I think if anything comes of this and they don't stick with the stale mate that they've currently got, Wilson will be the one to go. I can't see there being any point in and surely ownership is hands-on enough to understand that, surely. 
It'll be interesting to see, especially with the no playoff thing. Yeah, good point. Anything else we've got to cover? It's a pretty short podcast today, guys. Yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah, well, I don't think I've got anything else to cover either. We'll have more to talk about as the, you know, the rest of the season starts to play out and we start to get more concrete uh, matchups and we can start talking about the strengths and weaknesses of uh, when, you know, which teams can do things against the other one that may play to their strengths versus weaknesses. Uh, you know, just for example, it, it looks very likely that Pittsburgh and the Islanders will be in round one. Yeah. And, you know, we could talk about Islander speed and their forward depth and, and now how they have average goaltending and Boychuk and Letty versus the two lines that Pittsburgh has and they're, you know, they have an okay defense and, and whether or not Flurry will continue to play at above league average like he has so far this regular season. Um, and we'll have all those kind of playoff breakdowns once we know what it is, but no sense in going into huge detail just well, speculating when there's still so much to be done. Do that now the next do that now the next week, they'll all be different. <laughs> Some of them will be. So there could be some there could be some really good Playoff matchups in the East in regards to um, historical rivalries and stuff like that, if it plays out, which is exactly what the league wanted with this new playoff format. I don't like the new playoff format, but the league's going to get what it wants. No, I like the one verse eight better. They're seeding them one through eight as opposed to this division stuff. Yeah. But, uh, Montreal, uh, Boston. That's pretty good. It's, it, it's shaping up right now. Tampa, Detroit would be decent. Rangers, Washington, uh, part eight, it seems like. They seem to always play each other. Rangers, mm. Pittsburgh, very good. West is a little bit more difficult I mean, to predict. Cause... Wow, that, that's, yeah, all over the place. I mean, you could you could get Calgary and Vancouver in that first round. In Anaheim and well, LA. That would be the best so, case scenario for both those teams. Yeah. Yeah, LA so, Anaheim. That's <laughs> yeah. It's a really exactly. crummy first round. That's like San Jose LA last year. I thought the yep. I picked San Jose to win it all, and you know, so happens they lost in seven games to the team that did. Yeah, and they lost four in a row. It did, and that's the thing. Like they lost Mike with Vlasic at the end. That's it's really hard. Like the parity is great for the league, but it does mean that you've got no wiggle room. You know, it only takes one thing to go wrong, and your playoff run can be done real quick. You've got that's to be healthy. The, that's the thing with small sample sizes. That's why the playoffs are very exciting, because you know. You, you can stand a chance with just incredible hot streaks with shooting percentage or, or save percentage, and then that's what makes it so exciting. Um, the, the, the advanced metrics are, are pretty good at 
predicting larger samples throughout a regular season on kind of who will make the playoffs and and you know you can still use them to kind of uh, increase your probabilities of being correct and picking playoff winners but anything yeah. can happen oh jesus all right well let's wrap this one up hopefully we'll get another one next week guys i've been a bit busy with um with work and, and moving house to the other side of the coast, so I apologise for that. And um, hopefully we'll get back to some regular scheduled stuff moving into the playoffs and beyond. Sounds good. So, till next time, I'm Ryan Wilson.